All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. My name's Brock, and this is story number 20. I have on a really special guest by the name of Greg Galman. He came on to share his personal story of how he survived the coronavirus. With everything going on in the world today because of the virus, this podcast is a real eye-opener and answers a lot of the questions that you've all been asking. I hope that everyone's safe, staying home, and practicing social distancing. It was a real honor to have Greg on to share his personal story of triumph, survival, and just his tenacity to never stop. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Stay strong. We're all in this together. This is the story of Greg Galman. From the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story when i was tagged in one of your posts and I just saw, you know, what, what you were sharing and then the response, it was, it was incredible. I mean, we're, we're going through a time right now where it's a lot of people are scared. People are dying. There's so many things going on and it's, it's a, it's a challenging time. And so for you opening up and sharing your story, it, uh, it means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the people listening, um, do you mind introducing yourself and tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Greg Guilman, and I'm, uh, let's see, I live in Manhattan Beach, California. I'm a real estate agent, and I um, am 50 years old. I uh, consider myself a young 50. I, I, I work out, I, I exercise, I eat pretty healthy, live a fairly active lifestyle, and um, yeah, I guess I'm I've become coronavirus famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. I don't mean to laugh, but uh, but but yeah, I I, I fully get it. Um, you 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 said a lot right there, but one of the last things that you said was uh, about the coronavirus. Um, people that are listening, um, what what happened? I mean, how did this all come about? Yeah. So I, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, it was not my intention to necessarily, um, you know, become popular or get any sort of, uh, notoriety, uh, from this. And in, in fact, the, the reason I did my first, um, video that kind of went viral, no pun intended, <laughs> um, uh, was because, I, you know, I, I, I got sick on the 18th, March 18th, 2020. And, um, I got tested for the flu the following day, and I'll explain why I got tested for the flu that day. And um, and that came back negative. Uh, you get the results right away within five yeah. minutes. And so I, I tested negative for uh, influenza A and influenza B. And so then I dialed up my search and found a place that would test me for coronavirus. And two days later after that, so that's the 21st, I, I got my positive um, diagnosis with coronavirus. So, um, at that time, now, now there's a lot more information out there, but at that time, uh, there was a lot of scare and fear and panic and there there still is, but, um, there wasn't a lot of good information out there. There wasn't a lot of data, certainly in the United States, uh, 
So I, I did the video mainly because I got tired of answering the same questions over and over again to my friends and family. So I, I did kind of an eight-minute update video, and, and you know, that way – uh, there was, just wasn't enough time in the day for everyone who was calling me. It was one person will tell another person, oh, Greg tested yes. positive, and so I was just getting inundated. So really it was just uh, to get good information out there and to um, try to reduce the amount of panic and fear that was out there because I, I truly believe inside that, that panic and fear is not good for the immune system. And yeah. if I'm going to beat this thing at the time, like I didn't know if I was going to live or die. So for sure, um, I just wanted to get good information out there. That had to have been so scary when you uh, found out. I mean, uh, especially with everything going on, when you did get that diagnosis, what did that feel like? What went through your head? Yeah, great question. You know, I'm, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this since, since this has happened. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to die for, for sure. But um, everyone, I think, has a different relationship with uh, death and I've had near-death experiences in the past. I, um, I've survived uh, pretty heavy drug and alcohol addiction. So the fact that um, I was maybe you know, facing this virus that was going to take me out, uh, yeah, it caught my attention for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, you know, one of the news channels asked me, you know, was, it, was it scary? And I, I thought, you know, if, if I can be helpful to other people and I can be useful, that's how I want my last days to be. You know, if I, if I can donate my blood to science to help maybe develop a vaccine, um, that's what I want to do today. I don't know what I want to do tomorrow and I don't know what I'm going to do next week, but today I want to donate my blood. And it was just really easy decisions yeah. like that. It, it, it seems like it's just uh, it, everything that you've done up to this point, it's not that you even thought about it. It's just instinct. And, uh, you know, we have this fight or flight mechanism um, inside of all of us, right? Um, and, and for you, you, you you're you a fighter. Um, I can tell that from your stories, the way that you're speaking, everything that you're sharing with me right now. What did you start feeling? What was it that said, wait a minute, I got to go get checked out? Like, what were the symptoms? Yeah, I um, I woke up on the morning of the 18th and I had, you know, what felt like kind of a regular flu that, uh, you know, the, in, in fact, it, it wasn't quite as bad as flus I've had in the past few years. Yeah. Flus I've had in the past few years have really kicked my butt. Um, you know, I was down for the count for eight or 10 days. This... Um, you know, I, I had a sore throat for sure, um, a cough, like a dry cough. And when I say dry cough, I think what people in the media mean is there's no mucus, not a ton of mucus coming from your nose or from your, your chest. Um, so dry cough. Um, my skin felt really sensitive. I, I had kind of body aches and chills. Um, the worst of the symptoms was night sweats. I there were two nights, one night in particular, where I just like woke up in a pool of sweat, just drenched in sweat. And then I'd move over to the dry side of my bed and, and then I'd fall asleep again and wake up just completely soaked in, in sweat. And uh, I didn't have a, a high fever during that time. So I just felt okay. like my body was maybe fighting something. One thing I wanted to say about what we were talking about before you yeah. asked me how, how it felt and if I was scared yeah. and stuff, you know, in, in, in normal day-to-day -day life, I, I heard this yesterday, I, I, I can really relate to it. Um, you know, it's not the lions in the jungle 
that get me. It's the ants at the picnic. And, you know, I, I can so relate to that, that like, you know, it's the guy who cuts me off on the way to work that just like gets me uh, so riled yeah. up. But yeah. when something big, like big deals, like I just, I summon this internal sort of like true North and, and guiding yes. light and sense of strength. And I don't know where it comes from. And I, I'm glad that it's there because that's been kind of what, you know, th- some people thought that I shouldn't go public with my positive coronavirus yes. diagnosis. What's it going to do to our business? What's it going to do to, yeah. you know, maybe people aren't going to want to hang around us. And, and after a couple of days, it became really clear that people were hungry for good information yes. and for, um, hearing that not everybody dies from the coronavirus. And in yeah. fact, uh, it's not like, it's just, it's really super contagious and, yes. um, and it's, and you don't know that you have it when you have it because there's an incubation period of two to 14 days from what I've heard. By the way, I'm going to say a lot of stats on this. No, 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 I'm not no, a I like doctor. It. I'm not a doctor. So just check, uh, fact check everything that I say. Yeah, I, I um, get it. I get it. Respect not even that. you, like people who are listening, like just yes. fact check everything that I say. But I've heard that the incubation period is around two to 14 days. And so like nobody knows how they got it and nobody knows who they've given it to. And yeah. and so that's what is so dangerous about it. But anyway, I just, uh, I felt like um, if if my experience, which is just one person's experience, but if my experience can help people, uh, then that's what I want to make of this quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, one of the things that you said was like about the stats and the fact checking, I respect that. Right. Um, but coming from you, your experience, you're going through it. Um, it, it seems a little different because there's so much misinformation in the media right now, and it's really hard to decipher between fact and fiction. Um, but coming from an individual that is facing this and facing it head on more head on than I, I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot of people that are going through this, but, but I do know, uh, what you're doing. And that at that point, when you made the decision, I mean, right before you made the decision to go public with it, um, that, uh, is, is, is crazy to me because, we are going through this right now where it's like, if you have it, um, people are scared. People don't want to be around you, which is respect. I totally understand that. But then you have a business. And so then it's like, how does it affect the business? How does it affect this? How does it affect that? And there's kind of like this chain reaction of things, but there was something inside of you that said, no, I have to open up and I have to share this. Um, you said something about true North. What, what, what was it? What was going through your mind? Were you talking with your friends, uh, right before you decided to go public? Yeah, I, I just, I I knew it was the right thing to do. I, um, the fears that were running around in my head were like, okay, are you really ready to commit to 14 days of being alone in these four walls? Um, and because once you announce that you're positive, uh, you can't go outside and man, I, I didn't need to go outside. I, I quarantined really well. I, um, I, I know a lot of people would probably have a really, really hard time with it. I actually, um, welcomed the opportunity to go inside. I, um, I, I kind of believe in spiritual growth and I, I needed some, I, I I've been in need of some lately. So, 
uh, although that's scary to me, I also kind of welcomed it. Um, as you know, like everyone did before I got sick, I, you know, went to the store and filled up my freezer and stocked up on stuff. But man, this community that I'm surrounded with people, friends and family and, and real estate agents, like the, all three of those communities, like really came to me. I had more food than I, I, there was a time where I was concerned that I was being wasteful and people would say, can I drop something off? And I, you know, my initial, uh, kind of natural reaction is to say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. That, that's my go-to like, no, thank you. I'm good. Uh, but I really practiced saying yes and, and letting people kind of drop off stuff. And then there were other people that just dropped off stuff without asking and, you know, sent me a text, say, check your doorstep. And I love that. It's a humbling experience for sure. It's, it is, it is, it's really, really cool. Um, and that, uh, you do have this community of people that are supporting you and, um, helping you out and, and see exactly what you're doing. Um, when you started your quarantine and after you figured out, okay, I have this, right. What were the feelings? What, like, what has the past two weeks been like, or 18 days? I think that's what you said yesterday. Um, been like, like the, you know, the, did your lungs hurt your head, your body, just so people know, I mean, because I, I I don't know only things that I read. You're the first person that I'm actually speaking to that's really gone through it. Yeah. So um, from beginning to end, basically, uh, you, you know, I'd say the last two months I had kind of an on again, off again, cough, sort of sore throat. Um, but that, I just figured that it was regular, normal winter time stuff, and I would take wellness formula or uh, throat lozenge, and it would and it would go away. Um, yeah. And then on March 18th, I woke up in the morning and it, it wasn't just a, a, a sore throat. It, like I, I could feel my, my body was sort of, you know, it was harder to breathe a little bit and um, I was weaker and I had definitely like a red hot sore throat and I was coughing but not bringing anything up. And um, my skin was starting to get sensitive, like, you know, when you get the flu. Um, yeah. And that was day one. And then uh, day two and three were probably the hardest. Um, and on top of all the symptoms that I just talked about, I also started developing fevers. My fever never got above 102. Um, I, I checked it pretty religiously and regularly, and um, it never got above 102. So uh, I, I didn't get too concerned. Also, my fever was really super responsive to Tylenol. I've heard wow. that you don't want to take Advil and you don't want to take Motrin. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but the rumor is that it makes it worse. Um, so Tylenol was the only medication, uh, that I took other than like nutrients and vitamins and stuff. Um, but uh, really super responsive to Tylenol was the, the fever and the chills because I would, I would have a fever and then I would take two Tylenol and then I would check it again in uh, less than an hour, maybe 45 minutes or an hour, and it would be down to 98 or 97. Wow. So, That's incredible. Um, so Tylenol for sure. After three and a half or four days, um, a lot of the symptoms went away. I still had a sore throat. I still had labored breathing and I still would fatigue quickly. Um, And when I say fatigue quickly, I mean literally like just up and walking and talking on the phone and and being on the computer or, or, 
social media or whatever, like I would have to take breaks from that pretty regularly. Um, I had heard from a couple doctor friends of mine that they had been reading. I, I don't watch a lot of news. I, I think it really yes. is bad for you. My mom has the, yep. the news on all the time and she's I agree. Kind of stressed out about it. And you wonder <laughs> why um, yes. I, uh, talk to people who watch the news and that <laughs> filters it, it waters it down. So anyway, I talked to a couple of doctor friends of mine who have been reading a lot and they said that they've been hearing about people relapsing, uh, because they get sick and then they get better quickly and then they overdo it. And so I really feel like I benefited from yeah. that information. I, I heeded that warning and I, I day eight, nine and 10, I took it easier than I felt like I should or felt like I could. And, um, and I really feel like I healed more quickly because of it. Uh, this yeah. virus gets into your lungs and, um, and, uh, if you, if you don't take it easy, it can, like the, the people who were going into the hospital, it was usually not early. It was usually because they got sick, got better and then overdid it is, is what I've been told. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's, um, that's, that's, that's scary to hear because it's like, you go through it, you get better. And then, you know, some people will push themselves really hard, but the doctors sharing that information with you obviously stuck with you. So you, uh, you played it a little bit cool and it's, uh, working out, um, to this point, when did it come to you that, uh, you started donating your blood? Cause I find that amazing. Yeah. Thanks. I, um, so I did the first Facebook video and from that, uh, it got shared, I think over 300 times and commented on like 600 times or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and that's just on Facebook. Instagram was a lot more also, but, uh, from that, a couple local papers called me to interview me. And then because the local papers called to interview, then channel five news and then KTLA news and then CNN reached out. So, um, uh, from all of that, a friend of mine uh, who's in biotech, um, she knew a company who was looking for people who had tested positive so that they could um, come get their blood and do testing for antibodies and stuff like that. So um, really quickly, once I announced that I was positive, um, the sort of media blitz led a friend to me who sent this company called Genolite. They're in San Diego. and since then I've sent uh, a lot of people who've tested positive to them and my dad who tested positive, he gave his blood and wow. um, found out that he has a really high level of antibodies in his blood. So um, the reason why that's important is because, uh, that, you know, I, I spoke with the chief medical officer at Genolite and although they won't say you are 100% immune <laughs> for probably okay. legal reasons, uh, he did say that there's a very strong correlation between, uh, the presence of antibodies and immunity. Wow. Um, wow. So, uh, if this virus behaves the way other coronaviruses behave, this is a quote from him. If this virus behaves the way other coronaviruses behave, uh, the presence of antibodies will mean that I'm immune to it. Now, uh, it's important to note that what wow. that doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that I am immune to other strains or mutations of the virus. Okay. And it also doesn't mean that I 
can't be a carrier of the virus or still be contagious. So um, even though I have antibodies and I probably can't get sick from that virus again, uh, if I um, touch something that has the virus or if I'm still contagious, I can still get other people sick. So the presence of antibodies doesn't mean that you can't spread it. It just means that you can't get sick from it again. Okay. Okay. And, and how long, what did the hospital say to you um, after you were diagnosed? Did they give you, you know, instructions to do this, do that, um, you know, stay in your house for this long? What did they, what did they tell you? Yeah, not much. Um, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to find a test. I, I guess we should talk about that. I, yeah, for sure. I experienced a lot of frustration um, in the first couple of days because I wanted to get tested and I was pretty sure my symptoms were indicating that I had coronavirus and not the flu, but I couldn't get tested. I called um, my doctor and he said that he doesn't have any tests. I called all the urgent cares in the area that I thought of and they didn't have any and I called the emergency room and they said you can't come in unless you have severe difficulty breathing I called several ERs and they all said the same thing you can't come in unless you have severe difficulty breathing like if you can't breathe then come in so I'm sure at the time they were just being overwhelmed and you know they said you know Greg's 50 and his symptoms are palatable so let's keep him home um so i was really frustrated i felt like i was living in a third world country or something and that's the question that i asked you know cnn asked me to uh, present a question to joe biden at the town hall meeting and that was my question was like you know what would you do if you were president to make tests more readily available in a case like this because i was super frustrated anyway um when i finally did get tested. I got my results back in two days, which is, uh, I'm told really quick compared to a lot of people. And, um, they didn't tell me anything. They said, go home and take Tylenol to monitor the symptoms Really, and keep an eye on your breathing. That, that's it. And just keep an eye on your breathing. And if it gets really difficult breathing, then come back to the urgent care, come back to the ER. And, and I guess at that point, that's really all that they can say. I mean, when going through this part of all of it, that, that for me seems really scary. Like you said, it felt like you were in a third world country. Um, obviously, um, with everything going on, we are definitely not prepared uh, to the ability that, that we should be for something like this. There's this saying that my, uh, that my boss always talks about, and it's called the six P's. It goes prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And as, 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 a, as, a, as a nation, um, with everything that's happening right now, um, the, the astonishing amount of people that have it and the deaths, um, it's showing more and more that uh, we weren't fully prepared for this. Um, when CNN asked you to you know, come up with a question, um, what would you like to see going forward after all of this gets handled? And, and you know, we're six months, a year, two years down the road. I, I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, I don't know Jack about politics and I, I don't, um, I know that I pay a lot of money in taxes and it would <laughs> certainly be nice if that, that money went towards, uh, some sort of improved healthcare, uh, for people. But, you know, that's just selfishly speaking because of what I'm going through right now. I, I don't, 
I get that. It's not selfish though. I mean, because there are so many Americans out there struggling, you know, without healthcare and, and things of that nature. So, um, obviously you're going through it. And so it's on top of mind right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I live in Los Angeles, California, United States. Like I live in Manhattan beach, Los Angeles. Like this is, <laughs> I live a, in a very nice community and people here have resources. And if I can't get a test, then who can? Yeah. yeah I, so that's where, I, that's what the frustration I was experiencing was like, geez, how, if I can't get a test, you know, then I guess we're just all going to die. Like that's what I was yeah, seriously. thinking. Of course. No, no, no. And I can fully understand that. Um, because especially, you know, I live in LA as well. Um, and you're like 30, 45 minutes away from me, but especially Manhattan beach, um, or this whole area, if we're having issues, right. Then, the rest of the nation is having a lot more issues, um, especially with everything that happens here in LA. Um, that frustration and everything you went through, you said your dad tested positive and other people tested positive. Was their experience the same? Um, my dad, you know, he's older, he's 74 years old, so he's in a higher risk category than, than I was. So, um, he got a test pretty quickly. Like he, and he, he also, I think was sicker, like a little bit sicker than I was. He was having a hard time breathing and stuff. So he, he got shepherded in right away. Um, one, one thing that I'll say that just came to my mind that I I think, you know, cause someone asked me like, why did you think to go to social media to speak out about this? And, um, I had had an experience uh, several years ago, God, it's probably five years ago now, where my my ex-wife um, was in London working and I had a plane ticket the next day to go to London. Okay. And I went to check into my flight. This is the night before, 10 o'clock at night, the night before my flight to go visit her. And it wouldn't let me check in because my passport had expired. Oh. And I was like, Oh, I'm screwed. All the blood like left my body. I can feel it right now. Like all the blood left my body. And I was like, Oh, I'm screwed. So I decided to post on Facebook of all things like, Hey, I am supposed to leave tomorrow for London and my passport's expired. And two people got in touch with me through Facebook and said, Greg, you got to go to the, the federal building at five in the morning and get in line and, and show them your ticket and you'll get a same day passport. And anyway, needless to say, uh, I, I was on that flight later that afternoon oh. and a lot of people talk a lot of crap about social media and I, I get it. I get that, you know, I don't need to see everyone's meal, yeah. what they're eating and what their kids are doing every day, but there's a time and a place for a tool like this. And, and yeah. that thing just saved my butt that day. Yes. And I remembered that. So, um, I think my intuition told me, uh, you know, you need some help from the community right now. And if you're public about it, you'll, you'll get it. And you know, I got it back in spades. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people that talk, you know, talk crap about social media and I fully understand exactly what you're saying. I can see both sides of the argument, but, uh, you know, when you needed that passport, you reached out on Facebook, it worked out when, um, you're going through, you know, you know, you were diagnosed with COVID-19. Um, you kind of stuck between this rock and this hard place, but you remember what happened in the past. And so you open up and, and what happens, you know, people start pouring in. Have there been other people that um, are, are diagnosed with COVID-19 that have reached out to you that you spoke with and shared some stories? 
Yeah, um, not in a ton of um, quantity or detail, but yeah, I um, have connected online with a lot of people that I don't know. A, a lot of people that I don't know have reached out. Um, when my uh, interview aired on KTLA News, it was a live interview, and they posted my social media at the end of that. Um, all of a sudden, I was getting you know <laughs> hundreds of Facebook friend requests yeah. and. Instagram uh, friend requests and stuff. It was kind of funny. I think there was probably a, a lot of like um, single moms from Pacoima <laughs> <laughs> putting me up or something like that. I was like, I, I set a rule for myself. Uh, at, at some point, I had to like set a rule, and it was like, if we don't have five common friends, like I'm deleting this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's freaking funny, dude. That's freaking funny. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been able to connect people who either themselves or have family members um, with the urgent care that I got tested at. So I think probably 20 or 25 people have been tested subsequently because I connected them with that, uh, that location. And then also I've connected people who've tested positive with Genolite. Um, who sends a mobile phlebotomist to your house and wow. takes your blood and drives it down to San Diego on ice. And, um, and then they're able to find out whether or not they have antibodies. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, you're, you're kind of like this glue right now where you're like, okay, this person, that person, and you're being able to connect people and, and make people feel better. I mean, because uh, we're, we're all scared. I mean, I just went out and, you know, I'm in gloves. I have a mask on. Um, we have to all stand six feet away from each other. It's, it's a different world right now. Um, do you yeah. think by you going through everything that you've gone through, do you think that the, the media um, is blowing this out of proportion? Do you think that the stores are, you know, being too crazy and that it, this is, you know, just, just too much? Or what are your thoughts on all of this? I don't at all. Um, yeah, if nobody was dying from this, yeah. I would say yes. It's very contagious. Nobody knows if they have it. Nobody knows how they got it. Like I have no people. One of the main questions people want to know is who, who gave it to you. I have no <laughs> clue. Yeah. I think it's actually a blessing in disguise that nobody knows who they got it from because yes. there would be a lot of pissed off people. I think if you if somehow you could like discover who you got it from. But like I, I don't know if I gave it to my dad. I don't know if he gave it to me. I, I don't know. We were in each other's company for two hours. And he might have not even gotten it from me. He might have gotten it from, um, you know, someone else that he came in contact with. So, you know, it's extremely contagious. And for some people, it's deadly. So, no, I, I mean, if, if everyone just was getting sick and getting better and no one was dying, yeah. then, yeah, maybe it's being blown out of proportion. But uh, I'm actually concerned about the economy. Yes. Uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people, um, small businesses are either closing down or having to take out loans. I, I, uh, I don't think that this is going to be a quick recovery, uh, in the United States. I'm, I'm the farthest thing from an economist. I don't, uh, know much about like how that all works, yeah. but I just know that when we start to see massive spikes in unemployment, that there's going to be problems ahead. And um, I'm in a business that is um, pretty sensitive to people's income and people's comfort level with spending. So I think 
you know, there, there's still going to be people who are buying and selling houses. Of course. But I don't think that uh, I think the sense of urgency for buyers is is gone for sure. Like we've we've been in a, a seller's market for a while, and there's been a strong sense of urgency with with buyers. And I think that um, if you don't have to buy right now. You're probably going to be, you know, everyone wants to time the bottom and wait for the bottom, but uh, that's really hard to do. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, you're, I, I believe in exactly what you just said. I mean, I see so many people losing their jobs, getting furloughed, uh, laid off or their, their hours or money, um, salary getting cut. Uh, this isn't something that is just going to turn the light switch on and everyone's back to normal. Um, uh, no, there are, in my opinion, I'm not an economist either, but there are strong ramifications for everything that's happening right now. Um, and in my opinion, I believe that, you know, the precautions that these stores and everyone's taking is important because people are dying. And like you're saying, it is, this can be transferred to so many people so quickly, um, that we have to just kind of put a break on things. And unfortunately, the world's economy is there's going to be stuff that happens, but, uh, you know, as time goes on, we will, we will progress and we will move forward. That's what I wholeheartedly believe. You know, I, I, I guess I want to just dial it back real quick. Um, you know, someone had asked me, uh, what protocols, uh, did you give for yourself once you were, you know, diagnosed with it? Because you're in the house all by yourself. What steps did you take? Um, to make sure that everything was okay? Did you reach out to people? What did that look like for you? I'm not sure I understand their question. So like, did I reach, did I contact people that I had uh, contact with? So I guess for the first one is like, what steps did you take in your house? Um, like, to, I know people brought you food and all of that, but did you have to, you know, wear anything, put anything on? Um, were you able to go outside? Did you stay completely in your house? Um, what did that look like kind of as a whole? And then the, the other, the second part of the question was, uh, did you have to reach out to people and say, Hey, this is what happened. I know you did the social media, so maybe that was it, but this was just a question that someone asked. Yeah, no, I, um, I had already started self, uh, social distancing. Yeah. Um, people were talking about, stocking up on food and what was going to happen over the coming weeks. So at that time I wasn't sick. When I got sick on the 18th from that moment, I did not leave the house. Okay. I, I didn't leave the house to take out the trash. I didn't leave the house to go to the supermarket. I didn't leave the house to go pick up some stuff from work. I, um, I, I felt an obligation to be socially responsible. And once I was sick, not to go outside then once I tested positive, I mean, that, then I, then I for sure, for sure, for sure wasn't going anywhere. And I knew I was in for, for the long haul. Um, as far as what did I do around my house? I mean, I, um, my, my appetite was a little bit lower. So I, um, you know, I was concerned about losing weight and all that. Cause I guess a lot of people, uh, are concerned about gaining weight when they are stuck in the house. I, when I get sick, I lose weight. So, I get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, if I could muster up the energy to jump in a hot shower, that felt so good. I, I, I guess that's something that I would recommend if you're listening to this and you're sick with the coronavirus, uh, force yourself to get in the shower earlier in the day. It feels so good. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I contacted, I didn't have a ton of contact with people, but, 
I had to think back two weeks, right? Because they were saying that you could have the virus and it could be dormant or latent in you, but you could still be contagious for two to 14 days. So I had to look back 14 days and oh. um, reach out to people that I, you know, I, I had talked, I had met with a photographer who um, took pictures of my tattoos. So I had to reach out to him and, and say, Hey, you know, hopefully you're not sick, but just so you know, I tested positive. Wow. I mean, that had to be some hard phone calls, man. I mean, like how did the other people on the other side take it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> In the business that I work in, you're used to delivering good and bad news, and I find that it's quick to just like rip the bandaid off yep. and get right to it. And so um, I, you know, just called and, and said, "Hey, how's it going, man? I just wanted to check in with you, and um, you know, are, you're not sick, are you? Uh, or, or experiencing any symptoms? No, 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 I'm good. All right, well, just hey, wanted you to know that blah 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 blah. So okay, um, they're not really hard phone calls. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, to kind of bring it back to the testing, do you know if if someone that is close to you has the the coronavirus, um, and then you reach out to someone, are those people able to get tested quicker than other people? Is there anything set up like that? I don't know if you know. It's a great question. Yeah, that's one of the factors. I don't know that it necessarily. You know, it depends on. In the beginning, you had to have a bunch of symptoms. I think to get a test, the with with increased availability, I think just exposure to someone who's been tested positive, um, in some cases I've heard those people can get tests. Okay. Um, a neighbor of mine who I didn't have any contact with tested positive and she was able to get her family members tested even though they weren't experiencing any symptoms because they live in the same house. Okay, that's good. I mean, that's really, really good to hear. And hopefully as this thing progresses, um, you know, these tests become more readily available. Uh, you know, at what point now are, are you in? Are you able to go out of the house? How many days has it been? Because I think you said 18 yesterday. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, today's day 19 since I got sick. And um, from what I hear, everyone is kind of uh, counting from the day of the first onset of symptoms. So it depends who you ask, um, whether or not I can go outside and go into <laughs> situations. <laughs> The county of Los Angeles and all the doctors that I've talked to have been saying um, that you need, there's two things that need to occur to be ready to go outside. And that is seven days minimum from the initial onset of symptoms, which I've more than killed that. Yes. And uh, 72 hours or three days from the last symptom. Uh, so, so I haven't had, uh, symptoms for six or seven days now, okay. but, um, so if I listen to the County suggestions, then I, I can go out. And so I, I actually have a couple times gone out on daylight walks okay. <laughs> with a mask on. Um, and you know, it's for like 20 minutes. I, I just go on a walk and man, I felt like I was getting out of jail, uh, <laughs> being yeah. able to like go out in daylight. I, a couple times at 11 PM, I've gone out for a three minute or a five minute walk just to like get some blood flowing and get some fresh air. And there's been nobody around. Um, and I did that probably before I was official. Um, but now, uh, I've gone on a couple of daytime walks and I obviously stayed, you know, 20, 30 feet away from anyone. And, yeah. um, that's good. The, 
the chief medical officer at Genolite says that what they're seeing in their data is that um, people can secrete traces of the virus for up to 21 days, up to three weeks. So I'm going to be doing pretty much a full uh, quarantine until Wednesday, and that'll be three weeks. Good. Um, With the exception of, you know, these very distanced uh, mask wearing walks. Um, If I would have gone into Trader Joe's or something a week ago, man, I would have been tarred and feathered because I've gone (laughs) so public with my, uh, with my positive diagnosis. So um, I'm really trying to be socially responsible. I'm also really trying to be a good example uh, for other people. And so I'm staying in longer than I probably need to. No, that's, I mean, uh, that is fantastic, right? It's, it's, uh, better to be safe than sorry. And you're not putting yourself at risk. You're putting other people at risk. If you go out too early, if you start surrounding yourself with other people, when do you think that you'll, uh, feel ready to, you know, hang out with someone face to face or, you know, uh, dinner six feet away, like when do you feel like you're you're going to be mentally and physically ready? I'm I'm mentally ready. I I don't know physically. I I, I don't know. I I've, throughout this process, I've been really practicing more so than normal listening to my body. And um, yeah, I think that uh, I probably won't be having dinner with someone. I mean, first of all all the restaurants are closed. They're just doing takeout. So, um, I, as far as like in someone's in house, house I, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, it'll be a while. Right. I, I need to get my house cleaned and I probably need to get it super deep cleaned by, you know, a company that doesn't just do regular old Windex. Yeah. So, um, not, not really for my safety or my no, concern, no. but if I ever want anyone to ever come to my house again. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do Do you feel like, because you've gone so public that when the time is right, let's say a month from now, the person on the other side will feel uncomfortable. I mean, because there's got to be a lot of people that are going through this, um, that feeling of someone coming to hang out with them, it's got to be, um, uncomfortable, unfortunately. Yeah. That's something that I'm concerned about. If I'm being honest, I, uh, I don't want people to shun me or shun others that tested positive for coronavirus. I mean, the the good news is probably everyone has it, or if they don't have it yet, they're going to get it. (laughs) I mean, that's not the good news, but that's the good news for this topic. Yes. Um, you know, you either know someone who has it or know someone who knows someone who has it. And, um, once we start to get good information out there that after 21 days, you're completely non-contagious, uh, at at least that's what I've heard up until now. That's the longest time I've heard. I've heard shorter times, but the longest amount of time that I've heard that you can be contagious 21 days. So yeah, hopefully two months from now, uh, people aren't afraid to, I mean, I, I do think that our world is changed if not forever for, for a long time. Like, yeah. I don't think that people are going to be shaking hands and fist bumping and giving hugs and kisses as readily available as readily as they were before. No. Um, I think I, I, I said on my last video, like, I think we're going to have to perfect the, the what's up head <laughs> nod, you know, like what's up, bro? you can't see me right now, but I'm doing like the head <laughs> nod. I can see. Like, I think, I think we're going to have to perfect that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That, that, 
that's uh that's that's that it's funny talking about but it's scary right it's like a, it's such a different world now and and it's like where do we go forward from here you know because hugging yeah, and kissing yeah. it's like it's part of our nature it's like second nature you know and, and now yeah. things change society wise like do you think you said, I think you said like it might not be forever, but for a long time, what is this like? How does this end? Like I, you also said like, if you don't have it now, you're probably going to get it. It's like, that's probably the case, right? Because they're not going to come up with a vaccine like anytime soon. I don't think. Well, I, I'm stoked because I got it out of the way early yeah. and now I can go like, you know, give guys, you know, yeah. say what's up and, and not be worried about it. Yes. But, um, so I don't know, maybe we'll just all have to hang out together. The people who got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like segregation, man, like straight up. It's like, you go hang out over here, over here. And that's why I wish we um, had the ability to test this at scale, because if we could, everyone would get tested. Okay. If you have it, you go here. If you don't have it, you go here. And then it would be a little bit easier to figure it out. But, um, but, but that's, that's, that's definitely not the case. It's coming. I think it's coming. I, I heard that, um, uh, at least here in the South Bay, Beach City's Health District now set up a drive-through testing station nice. um, at the South Bay Galleria, and I think it's by appointment only at the at the moment. And I I think it's um, uh, potentially only people above a certain age okay. group, um, but. I don't know that they're requiring that you have symptoms to get tested. So Good. hopefully coming down the pipe is a, a lot more tests and a lot more uh, data and information. You know, without without data points, any any analytics are, are, are you know, murky at best. So yeah. the more information that we have, and I think we've been getting more and more and more information, you know, every week. So I, I would bet that in a few weeks, We'll have even better information and, and people will start to relax and know that people who have coronavirus are, are not, you know, like the plague. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, it's definitely uh, coming. And like you said, as more data, you know, pours out the the better, better it is. I mean, we have to feel, and this is like, you know, fucked up to say, but um, we, we are fortunate to be living in 2020 because a hundred years ago when, you know, the Spanish influenza, you know, kicked and wiped 50 million people off the face of the planet, times were so different just what a hundred years ago, 1918. Um, and so we are at this different time, but that doesn't make it any, you know, better or worse. It's, it's just real facts that we are going through right now as a, as, as not just the American society, but, but the world, um, you know, I say this to my friends that, uh, you know, human beings, you know, as a whole are hurting right now, but the earth, mother earth, right. She's winning, right. You've got, you know, dolphins swimming through, um, you know, in, in, in Venice and, and then, you know, the, the ozone there, everything that's happening right now, um, is, is helping that, you know, at, at scale for sure. But, where do you personally think all of this goes? Is this something that's going to, in your mind, end in the next few months, get dragged out for a year, two years? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I've i seen some people early on. I saw some people on social media that were saying that this is total BS and it's total propaganda and that the media is feeding us a bunch of crap and, and that, um, 
And if you believe it, if you believe the hype, then you're, you know, a punk and all this. Stuff. And I, I just, there's always going to be people like that, but I, I really, you know, you almost wish that someone they know gets sick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I hate to say that, but it's it's like, I don't want them to die, but yeah. I, but I want them to like, you know, just realize that, um, this is they're, not they're being idiots. Yeah. Not a joke. Yeah, it's pretty serious. And so, like, as far as how long do I think? I, I don't think that we're going to be uh, back to normal anytime soon. And I don't think that we're going to be. Uh, I think the economy is going to, you know, get hit. And um, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who, um, you know, are going to win in this situation. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. For example, if real estate drops twenty five percent, then people are going to, you know, who are thinking about buying. If they buy at a 25% discount, that's great. If people who are going to buy stocks, they're going to buy them at a discount. And yes. If they're in it for the long haul, I think there's going to be a lot of people who make a lot of money of course. in the coming years. What are some of the things that you want to tell, like share to the American public? Like um, you have an opportunity to speak to them on CNN here um, through your own channels. Um, but what are some of the things that you personally want to say? Wow. Um, well, uh, Number one is this virus, um, I, I think, is real serious and it commands a lot of respect. Not everybody who gets it dies and not everybody who gets it suffers for more than a couple of days. Um, it, it, it needs to be taken very, very seriously. I'm young and healthy and active and I really felt like I needed to um, focus a lot on not overdoing it and and not fatiguing and I, you know i've slowly very slowly started integrating a little bit of activity back in my life like going on walks or doing some push-ups but uh um i would say take it real slow and even when you think you're taking it slow slow down a couple notches more um i would also say that you know, uh, this is a, a, the recovery is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, um, uh, also kind of the obvious thing is, uh, you know, listen to your body, slow down and really listen to your body. Tell the people in your life that you love them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've had, <laughs> you know, we don't get to choose our family. So obviously my fam family members, I, I, call them and tell them I love them. But my chosen family, like the people, the friends who I really care about, tell, call those people and tell them you love them and, yeah. and tell them why, you know, you're happy that they're in your life. Uh, I, I have a really rich full life and a lot of people that care about me and it's, uh, it's shine some, this whole thing has shined light on that. Yeah. Um, I started meditating um, a little bit ago before, you know, before I got sick and before this whole coronavirus thing came out. And um, I've really dialed that in since I've been quarantined. It's real easy to um, like distract. You know, I, I love that I grew up in the internet age and, yeah. and the, the internet, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, I don't know, proudly say, ah, I'm not on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's, cool for you but like it's really enriched my life a lot yeah. social media and the internet and um but it can also be a, a massive distraction too so it it both increases my reach and my network and my capacity but it also 
can be abused like anything else. And so the, the time that I've spent, um, over the last 19 days, sort of quarantining here in my apartment, um, I've also increased the time that I've been able to sort of get quiet and look within and, uh, you know, a lot of really interesting stuff comes up when, when you do that. For sure. I, I just saw something on, uh, Instagram. I'll, I'll share it with you. I thought it was super funny. It says, uh, well, 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 if it isn't the feelings I've been trying to avoid, <laughs> like that's, that's like a quarantine self commentary. Yes. Like, Oh, those are the feelings. I've been trying to avoid. <laughs> You're facing the shit head on though. Uh, quick question as we start to wrap this up. Um, how's your dad doing? Oh, thanks for asking, man. Uh, he's doing a lot better, a lot better. He, um, he went to the emergency room. He was having some pretty severe difficulty breathing and he went to the ER and that was just to be extra, extra careful. Uh, his heart doctor wanted him under care. And so, uh, they did all these tests on him and he was totally fine. He just kind of got panicked. And, um, the next day they released him and he's back home now and okay. he's still coughing and sneezing and still kind of losing weight and, uh, doesn't have an appetite, but his spirits are really up and, uh, he's much happier. His, his wife, my stepmom is now home from the hospital. So he's really happy. Okay. That's awesome. You know, nothing but, uh, you know, had good wishes for your pops. You know, um, you're such an amazing human being. I appreciate the heck out of you for coming on and sharing your story. I mean, it, it really means a lot. Um, did I miss out anything? Did I leave anything? Is there anything else? I don't think so, man. Stay safe and uh, keep trucking. Heck yeah, man. I wish you well. Get, uh, you know, just just keep on doing what you're doing. Share your story and um, just be you, man. Don't change. And I love that painting behind <laughs> you. That's just so dope. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, hey, All right, Brock. Have a good one. I'll talk to you very soon, okay? Thanks. Bye. Bye. Woo! Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I want to personally thank Greg for sharing his story of triumph and survival. And if you guys like the podcast, please leave a review. It helps grow the podcast in a major way. If you guys want to hear more stories like Greg's, tune in to backtoyourstory.com. And remember, new stories premiere every Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Smooches! Smooches!